Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today is, or at least was, NFL Trade Line Day, and the San Francisco 49ers found themselves making arguably the biggest trade of the NFL season thus far. I already made one earlier in the year to acquire Randy Gregory to improve the defensive line, and that carried forward today when the San Francisco 49ers struck gold, acquiring Chase Young from the Washington Commanders in exchange for a third round pick. And knowing it's Halloween, might I add and say this, that, uh, well, the Niners defense got a little more spooky. <laughs> and Jimmy Perez, happy Halloween, my friend. Fluffy Ninja, how's it going, my guys in the chat? Um, happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to everyone listening, watching later after the live stream's over with. But again, the San Francisco 49ers have indeed made a trade acquiring Chase Young from the Washington Commanders in exchange for a third round comp pick uh the Niners basically get Chase Young for free uh and this trade to me is also kind of along the lines of the Randy Gregory trade but even more so feels like a rental uh the Gregory trade there is no guarantee for the next couple of years but he is under contract for I believe two more seasons uh, Chase Young this is the final year of his rookie deal the Commanders did not pick up his fifth-year option, meaning San Francisco has no contractual obligations to Chase Young following the season, meaning that they get eight, hopefully eight-plus games with him uh, prior to him jettisoning off into free agency. But if they want to keep him, they have the luxury of kind of having the first uh, swing at retaining him. And if he does indeed leave uh, in train or in free agency, excuse me, they will get a third round pick in 2025 in return. So I know Niner fans were out there sitting there saying, when are they going to make a move? What is John Lynch going to do? Well, today, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan and co, they struck gold. Now, still has to perform up to you know the, a third round pick level. Still has to carry over his career year thus far he's had in Washington over into uh, the red and gold for San Francisco. But Niner fans are elated. They're excited. They're celebrating Halloween early um, without candy, without treats, without tricks. It is just a complete uh, great day for the San Francisco 49ers and the faithful who I'm sure right now are cheering in their seats. When the news broke, breaking, Chase Young going to San Francisco for a third round pick, my mind said, are you serious? <laughs> um, and I'm sure the reaction from either Jimmy or Fluffy Ninja was the exact same way. Uh, Fluffy says, it's a great day. Yes, it is. Uh, this is a day where you'd like to think they were going to make more moves, uh, but only one happened. But it's a move where you point to it and say, wow, this is a go all in type of move. And uh, I saw some people on Twitter, some fans on Twitter clamoring of, I thought this team was going to be all in um, and they really haven't done that. Well, that's just not true. First off, um, this trade in itself, it's a great trade. Yes, but it's also a trade that you wish didn't happen. It <laughs> didn't have to happen, right? You would like to think that at this point this year, you could have the luxury of having Bosa playing great and Hargrave playing great and Armstead playing great and you're hoping Drake Jackson took that next step and Farrell was awesome and Gregory, uh, who they acquired a month ago, was playing great as well. Um, but they had to make this move or felt like this was the move to make knowing that uh, they couldn't get a cornerback and they weren't going to be able to improve the offensive line. And we'll dive into some moves they didn't make in a second, but I want to talk about how important this trade is uh, of Chase Young for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and Randy Daytona and Fluffy Ninja Bulls say, what about Jesse Davis? Yes, we'll dive into that a little later when it comes to moves they didn't make. Um, but when you look at what this move means for San Francisco, it means a handful of things, but uh, the Niners continue to show they are unafraid to make midseason trades. Uh, the minute John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan got here, uh, 2017, they go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. 2019, get Emmanuel Sanders, which pushes them to a Super Bowl appearance. 
2020, they get Jordan Willis. Uh, 2021, they get Charles Amenehu. 2022, last year being probably the biggest trade thus far in their in their regime's history, going out and getting Christian McCaffrey. And they made two this year uh, on the defensive line, Randy Gregory and now Chase Young. So this team, this regime is saying we're putting our chips all the way in. Again, they have now signed. <laughs> They've now signed Javon Hargrave to a massive deal to improve the interior defensive line. They re-signed Nick Bosa to the highest non-quarterback contract literally ever. And they've also now acquired Gregory and Chase Young just this year in the past month or so. This is a team that sees their defense as their ticket to a championship ring, uh, getting this their sixth Super Bowl. Uh, but again, this also was a year you'd hope you didn't have to go out and get Chase Young, but they certainly did. Um, this deal is, it's one of those you point to and say, how did this happen? Like, if you're the commanders, you gave away a former number, I believe number two overall pick, if not number one overall pick, I'm forgetting where exactly Chase Young went, but a top two pick at, at, at least, right? For basically free. The fact the commanders traded Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second round pick and Chase Young, they're starting edge rushers for a second and third round pick today. Um, I don't really understand what they're doing in Washington. Now, no one else really does. Um, I would assume this is Ron Rivera's last year because if you look at just the trades San Francisco and the commanders have made since Rivera became the head coach, they're kind of mind-boggling as to what the commanders were thinking. And if San Francisco gets it done or even re-signs Chase Young after this year, uh, they've essentially let two All-Pros, two stars, two up-and-coming great players uh, like Chase Young and, of course, previous years in All-Pro and Chase and Trent Williams, excuse me, uh, basically for free. San Francisco has acquired Trent Williams, former number four overall pick, future Hall of Famer, and now Chase Young, number two overall pick, and hopefully future all pro defensive end for them uh, for two third round picks and the fifth round pick. You want to talk about a fleece, a steal, a trick or treat, my friends. Uh, the commanders are giving away stars everywhere. They're giving San Francisco starters. They're giving away San Francisco stars. And now you have a defensive line consisting of, again, Bosa, uh, Hargrave, Armstead, and, Ch and now Chase Young, where you get Nick Bosa, like Fluffy Ninja says, you get the boys back together, you have the Ohio State 49ers now uh, bookending your edge rushers on your starting defensive line. I mean, this is a... This is the trade of the trade deadline. There were some other moves. Uh, Russell Douglas goes to the Bills. Montez Sweat goes to the Bears. Josh Dobbs goes to the Vikings. Um, but this is an in a rather struggling defense that should be elite getting much, much better to a point where I have Steeler fans and Steeler friends saying, how much more do you guys truly need? Seriously, how do you guys keep getting away with this? Uh, now, again, it, this trade could easily be a rental for San Francisco where uh, they don't have to pay him after this year. He leaves in free agency and they get a third round pick in two years and they wash their hands saying no harm, no foul. Uh, Chase Young's only going to cost them uh, around $561,000 this year. So if you think about it, I think they're paying Gregory around $800,000 and Chase only $560,000. So $1.3 million for Gregory and Chase Young combined. I think we'll take that. <laughs> uh, that is what you call a, a complete steal of two starting caliber defensive ends uh, now on the San Francisco 49ers. And to, to really kind of hammer this point home of this being a fleece or, or San Francisco not paying too much for these players, San Francisco still has 11 draft picks this year. They have their first round pick back. They have two picks in the third round, two picks in the fourth, two picks in the fifth, and two picks in the seventh. Um, this team basically lost nothing today. They didn't lose money. They didn't lose draft picks, and they acquired one of the best defensive ends in football this year uh, to almost no expense. And going further into how good Chase Young has been, and, and I'll be honest here, um... When the idea or certain fans or certain journalists have you know, threw out the idea of acquiring Chase Young, I kind of scoffed and said, "Nah, like, 
who has he been the past three or four seasons? Um, he was good his rookie year. Uh, then he tore his ACL. And you said, man, like, I hope he can recover. And we were just unsure of what he was going to be. Um, the name Chase Young hadn't really, I guess, rang true or, or really... I wasn't buying into the deal when it was kind of thrown out there. But when you dive more into how good Chase Young has been this year, uh, holy crap. <laughs> um, right now, as of this moment, having not played a single snap for the 49ers, Chase Young is already this team's leading sack leader. <laughs> he has five sacks, more than Nick Bosa, more than Hargrave, more than Jackson, Armstead, Farrell, and Gregory. Chase Young, without playing a single snap in a Niners jersey, already has the most sacks on the team. <laughs> uh, that's insane. Um, he has the eighth most pressures in football with 38 this year. He's tied for sixth in pass rush productivity. He's 13th in total sacks. He's 14th with a pass rush win rate of 25% at career high, mind you. Ahead of Nick Bosa, uh, who's 17th with a 21% uh, pass rush win rate and he also is pff's 15th highest graded pass rusher um this is again uh, a complete steal if if chase young can be who he has shown to be the first uh, seven to eight weeks of the season uh, san francisco now has themselves an elite interior defensive lineman in hargrave a really good one in, in armstead and if bosa can refine his form and young can continue his his current play they have an insane, an insane front four defensive lineman with now their backups being pretty much starters or could be starters on other teams. Gregory can start on other teams. Uh, Givens has played good enough to start on other teams. Kinlaw, who's not been great, but been good enough this year to be a depth piece. Uh, then you have Farrell, who was great against the Bengals and been good in spurts. And you hope you can find room for Drake Jackson in that group. Um... But this also shows that they are now, or have kind of reestablished the point of we are going to beat you from the trenches, uh, and hopefully they can refine their form. Because you look at how this team has played this year, and I already talked about it earlier that this move you hope you wish didn't need to be made. Um, I was someone who thought that you didn't really need an edge rusher. Uh, you just need your guys to play better. Um, you have the personnel to be better. Uh, when you carry a lineup that has, again, Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, and company, uh, they shouldn't need to have Chase Young to make them a from a 20th-ranked defensive line to a top 10. They should just be able to play better. Steve Wilkes should be able to scheme them better. Um which we'll get to Steve Wilkes in a second here. But this defensive line shouldn't need Chase Young, but the fact is San Francisco sat back and watched their team play for eight weeks and said, my goodness, this team ranks 27th in football with a 5.5% sack rate. Uh, the past two years, they've ranked top five at 7.5. Uh, Chase Young's only job is to go out there and get the quarterback. Uh, this is... A $561,000 cost of Chase Young, as, as Randy asks in the chat, uh, to basically say, for $560,000 for one year, give us and help our sack rate improve to what it was the past couple years. And when you have a player that you know has five sacks this year is already going to improve your pass rush, you hope it pays off. Um... I truly do believe this is a great move for San Francisco. Uh, there are some concerns maybe of health. Is Chase Young going to be a, a, a three-down player? I don't think he has to be. Uh, the Shaw Show, what's going on, man? I hope you're enjoying the trade deadline. Chase Young's in San Francisco. Um, but I love this move. Again, there are some concerns. Can he stay healthy? Uh, is he going to be a third-down player? But I do think San Francisco has so much depth if they can just refine and rekindle who they were the past couple years and Wilkes can press the right buttons and, and change his scheme up and they can just start to refine themselves, uh, this defense can go toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, with the Eagles. Um, 
and, and, I, and I truly believe that once you fix the pass rush, they can get sacks, they can find themselves again. It's going to help Mooney Ward and Lenore, who have struggled mightily recently, and Isaiah Oliver, who I know many fans just are done with. It's going to help them. Uh, this defense since 2019 has based their entire identity on getting to the quarterback, having the pass rush help the secondary and, and the covering of receivers and tight ends. You, if you can get back to that, this secondary is better than 2019, at least on paper. The secondary should be better than last year's, maybe not as much as on the nickel cornerback position, but Hufunga year three, Gibson back in the fold, Jair Browns there, Mooney Ward coming off a relatively all-pro year last year, and Lenore second year as a starter. This defensive uh, secondary group should be better San Francisco doubled down saying we're banking on our defensive line, our edge rushers, our interior guys getting to the quarterback. We're banking on uh, Steve Volks figuring this thing out and our guys returning and rounding back into form. And really, now getting to Steve Wilkes, there is no excuse. None. No excuse now. Uh, there really wasn't any the past couple weeks. The defense should have been playing better needed to be playing better. Uh, there is no excuse to have Nick Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, Gregory, Jackson, Farrell, Givens, and Kinlaw and have the 27th ranked sack rate. There's no excuse. Now you add in Chase Young, there is, you better get sacks against Jacksonville. You better get sacks against Tampa Bay. This is San Francisco who Kyle Shanahan already said him and Steve Wilkes are going to have a heart-to-heart and -heart an in-person meeting and they're going to sit down and talk things out and say, you know, and try to hash out the differences and kind of get back to who this defense needs to be for this team to actually win big-time games. Um, now they're talking about Steve Wilkes coming down from the booth onto the field. I'll tell you right now, that is a precursor to getting fired. Uh, that is the final straw. That is a, hey, Steve, you got one game until the camel's back is broken. Uh, when you take Steve Wilkes, who is in the booth uh, almost his entire career, and you move him down to the sideline to have to face Bosa and Warner and Greenlaw man-to-man -man and say, hey, call this play and call this play and call that play, then have to explain to them why it's not working face-to-face -face during a game, uh, that is essentially Shanahan saying, you gotta face the music, my guy. You have to come down and tell my star players why it's not working and why your play should be working. Uh, that is Shanahan saying, this is the last straw. This is also them saying, we're going to beef up and give you one last shot. This is our last ditch effort this year to help you, being Steve Wilkes, get this pass rush right. Um, I also think it's pretty simple, <laughs> right? Where, and as as the Shaw, uh, the Shaw Show says, excuse me, uh, Steve Wilkes need to adjust the run defense like Demeco and uh, and Robert Sala. Need to stop the man coverage, go back to zone. And I would agree to a certain point. What I don't like is the soft zone he's been doing. You're kind of hanging your cornerbacks out to dry, especially when you can't get any pass rush. If you get pass rush, you can play man. You get some pass rush, you can play soft zone. You can let your cornerbacks be on an island if you can get to the quarterback. The fact of the matter is they're not getting to the quarterback. This is Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and even Prague saying, here's Steve, you got one last chance to get this thing right, and if you can't get it right, you're done. This is a Steve Wilkes, you got one, two weeks uh, to, to figure it out, or kaput, you're fired. Again, when you move Steve Wilkes from the, the booth to the to the on the field on the sideline and tell and he has to tell Nick Bosa, well you know, this was the plan and, and and Nick and Warner's like, it's not working, Steve. You're gonna have yourself a, a Vernon Davis get out of, you know, you're done for the day. Because there's going to be an altercation, there's gonna be a verbal confrontation of like, see, it's not working. Make a change. And honestly, uh, Richard Sherman said it the best. Just let your Elite edge rushers go to work. Bosa knows how to beat guys one-on-one. -on -one. Gregory knows how to beat guys one-on-one. -on -one. Hargrave, like these guys know how to play football and do their job. You have to give them these 1v1s. You can't call stunts 75% of the time. You go back and watch that Bengals tape, Bosa's getting tossed around because they're running stunts 
like 60% of the time and the Bengals know it's coming. Guys aren't getting free and you're having Bosa run into centers blindly getting knocked over. Um, the stunts need to stop. You can run stunts 15% of the time, 20% of the time. This defense has never been built on stunts. Uh, Chris Kosarek, I'm sure, screaming like, stop with the stunts. Let my guys cook. Now you have four guys up front that can beat one-on-one -on -one coverage, one-on-one -on -one defenses. Some guys who you hope you can have uh, Armstead and Hargrave refine their form, take up double teams and give Bosa and, and Chase, and Chase Young, excuse me, give them 1v1s and let them do their job. That was the idea coming into the year. When they signed Hargrave, when they re-signed Nick Bosa, we have to give our elite edge rushers one-on-one -on -one chances. They have the best odds to win those. You do that, you help the coverage in return, and you make a lot of bang for your buck. And it's, like If they can figure that out, which doesn't seem that hard to do if I know how to do it, um, and, and most most people covering the team are like, what the heck's going on, Steve? Like, you, you it's not that hard of a concept. Let your guys do their job. Um, if they can do that, uh, Steve Wilkes won't get fired. Steve Wilkes will have a job still. But I can tell you right now that this is the last-ditch effort for Steve Wilkes. Uh, the fact that... <laughs> The fact that, again, out of the booth, on the field, the fact that Shanahan saying we're going to have a private conversation, that Sherwin saying changes are going to happen or enough's enough and whatever, like this defense has gone from a top five unit to, to top 20, maybe, maybe. When you go from top five in sack rate to 27th, yikes. And there's so many more issues, right? Where there's tackling issues, there's coverage issues. Um, when you miss 32 tackles in three games, averaging 10 plus a game, you're not going to win. You can't stop the run. You can't stop Yak. Uh, and this team is sitting here five and three going into the, the bye week, now in the bye week. Um, and again, this was them saying, we are going to take one more swing and try to figure this thing out. But even then... Even if Steve Wilkes can't figure it out, I have no idea who's going to replace him. Maybe it's Chris Kosarek if, if Wilkes does indeed get fired. But you're giving that interim defensive coordinator everything they need to work with of like, look, this team doesn't really even need a defensive coordinator to a certain point. They're so freaking good everywhere. Let them play. Uh, it's almost to a point of Warner, call the place. <laughs> like, you know how to do your job? Like, you just need someone up there to not mess it up. Wilkes has so far messed it up. Um, and guys have to play better. Guys got to get healthy. But acquiring Chase Young, knowing the fact that he's bringing in, again, a, a Eighth in total pressures at 38, tie for sixth in pass rush productivity, 13th in sacks, 14th in pass rush win rate, and 15th on PFS, uh, PFF's run grade. Um, you're bringing in an elite edge rusher. Uh, and the Shaw Show, great job here. Uh, why not give Johnny Holland, wrong, wrong comment, why not give Johnny Holland a shot, the linebackers coach? Why not? It worked for Ryans. Uh, Holland's well-respected here. He can see the field better than most people on the sideline, too. Um, he has the respect of the entire group. Why not give him a shot? It's a great call by the Shaw Show. Uh, but maybe. But the fact is, Steve Wilkes is still his defensive coordinator, and now he has two Top tier of this season, elite edge rushers, and there is no excuses, no more. Nah, nah. You have to get sacks. And now seeing who this team plays, the quarterbacks they play, um, now you have Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead and, and Chase Young. You're playing Trevor Lawrence, who's pretty mobile in himself. You got Baker Mayfield, who he's pretty scrappy. He'll fight for extra yards, right? You got Geno Smith twice, who he's relatively mobile, not too much, but relatively in that group. Then you got Jalen Hurts, who is extremely mobile. Then you have maybe Kyler Murray, who is very mobile in himself. Then you got Lamar Jackson, probably the most mobile quarterback in the entire league right now. Then you got Sam Howell, who he gets sacked a lot, but he certainly likes to run. Then you got Matthew Stafford, who if his thumb is fine, maybe he still plays. Um, this team is going to face a ton of mobile quarterbacks where in the past has hurt them. And if they can't tackle, which they haven't shown to do the past three weeks against relatively not mobile quarterbacks in Walker, Cousins, and Burrow, you got a very big task ahead of you, and that's why you bring in Chase Young to 
to limit what those guys can do to set the edges to aid a, I don't know, a weak, a tired defense right now to kind of revitalize this defense. When Kyle Shanahan said uh, after the game against the Bengals, our guys look tired and worn out. You played eight games. <laughs> How are you tired through eight games? Football's a hard sport, not denying that. You played eight games, and the first five, Sam Darnold took snaps in. How are you that tired? <laughs> the defense is not injured at all. But you can't make tackles, you, you are missing easy coverages, and you're exhausted. To me, it seems more of mental fatigue. And because there's mental fatigue and there's mental exhaustion, they're not, I don't want to say giving up, but they're getting beat physically. It feels like this team has been fighting with Wilkes and kind of you know pushing and pulling, trying to get each other's way and trying to work together, and it's not working. Uh, you hope Chase Young um, can be kind of the catalyst to to have this defense refine their spark and jettison them back up into the top five uh, to make chase to make room. Wow. To make room for chase young. Uh, they did release Anthony Brown today, but uh, let's get to some moves. They didn't make. I know many fans were upset that including myself that uh, when they saw Ezra Cleveland got traded from the Vikings to the Jaguars, which uh, makes it hurt even more knowing San Francisco plays Jacksonville in two weeks out, out of the bye week. Um, when they saw Aaron Banks, or the news yesterday came out, Aaron Banks has turf toe out for at least you know two or three weeks. Um, knowing that you're going to have Trent Williams back, maybe then Feliciano playing left guard and Brendel playing center and Burford playing right guard and McKivitt's a right tackle. Uh, my number one priority was you have to find yourself some offensive line help, even if Banks was healthy because Burford's been so bad this year. Brendel's been playing pretty poorly of recent. Um, when I saw Ezra Cleveland's name say breaking news, I said, oh, he's going to San Francisco, Jacksonville. What? Um, this team, I thought, needed to find at least depth at Garden Tackle. I was hoping for and rooting for a, a Daniel Brunskill reunion to give this team some swing tackle help. Uh, Brunskill's even played center before, but going back to uh, some previous comments in the chat here, if I can find them up above, uh, you see Fluffy Ninja said Jesse Davis just signed. Uh, Randy Daytona said the exact same thing. Jesse Davis, new offensive lineman. Uh, this team is grasping at straws, trying to find some help to insulate themselves. Um, they know they need help. They know they have to refine, um, you know, their, their, their rushing offense. It's been so bad the past three weeks. Uh, you have to get CMC going. Now, CMC's pretty much always going, but if you want to refine your offense, which has scored 17 points the past three weeks, uh, you have to establish the run. That starts with getting Trent Williams back, but also um, you have to dominate up front. And, and Jacksonville's no joke. The Bucks are no joke. Seattle is no joke. You have a, a hard and rough schedule to end the year or second half of the season. Um, you need to reestablish yourself offensively. And that starts with the offensive line, refinding their, their run blocking and starting to get CMC and hopefully it's Mason, not Mitchell, going to then aid Brock Purdy, to then help him work and play action, open up the offense. When he gets Debo Samuel back, um, this just feels like uh, the Niners are, again, the bye week is at, at the perfect time. Chase Young has the entire two weeks to really get himself acclimated to this scheme. He'll have the week off as well. I believe it's his second bye week already, so he'll be extremely fresh uh, against Jacksonville, barring some insane injury. Um... But this is a chance for San Francisco to reestablish themselves offensively. Uh, so when I saw there was no no offensive lineman upgrades when it came via trade, knowing that the Jacksonville Jaguars got Cleveland for a sixth round pick, I said, we couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, I will cut Matt Pryor today, <laughs> today to get me Ezra Cleveland in here. Um, I'll cut Burford today <laughs> to get me some Ezra Cleveland in here. And he, and look, Cleveland's not perfect by any means, but he's certainly an upgrade over 
um, some players on the starting lineup right now. Uh, but San Francisco didn't upgrade on the offensive line, so we're hoping these four or five guys and six guys now, if Feliciano going to start in Banks' place, can kind of start to refine their form and gel together again and get this offensive line and run game moving uh, forward against Jacksonville. Then uh, the final knock... Or, or, or the one final trade we were all teased with was uh, Jalen Johnson was wanting out of Chicago late last night. Um, he <laughs> There was reports that he asked for a trade from the Bears and they granted it. That then sent sparks all the way through the fan base saying, we're going to get Johnson. Then Ed Werder today said that the Niners and Bills were involved in talks and conversations to get him. And then Tim Kawakami tweets out that there's one more trade to be had. And we're all sitting there biting our teeth like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Oh, is it going to be a Jalen Johnson? You know, hoping it's another big name. And I didn't think after they got... Uh, Chase Young, it was going to be Jalen Johnson, but there was certainly hope out there in my mind that was going to get done. Because um, this team right now, uh, the way that Lenore and the way that Oliver's playing, the hope would be that you acquire an outside cornerback, push Lenore inside, kind of fixing your rotation and kind of uh, scheming to Lenore's strengths, again, being a smaller cornerback. And you get Johnson in here, that's like a home run move. Uh, San Francisco could have easily hit two home runs today and could have hit two for two. Um, didn't do so. Um, we have no idea what the asking price for Johnson would have been. I would assume it was a second-round pick and above. Uh, San Francisco probably didn't want to part with their first-round pick, so that's fine. Um... I was someone who was saying that if it, if it takes trading a Drake Jackson away to go get Jalen Johnson, do it. Um, especially after getting Chase Young. Uh, Drake Jackson played 10 snaps against the Bengals. He's been a, a non-factor for seven weeks now, basically. Um, or since the Giants game. So what is that, five weeks ago? He's been a non-factor four weeks ago. Um, I was okay with trading him away, uh, but they don't get a cornerback uh, today. Not going to get one what seems like the rest of the year to help out. I do wonder if the the, the thought of in a couple weeks, you're probably going to get back Daryl Luter Jr. Um, you're going to get back Sam Womack eventually. I wonder if that maybe sparks their interest. I don't love that, but we get to see Luter play throughout the entirety of training camp preseason and the regular season. So maybe he's kind of a, a diamond in the rough kind of player. They loved him out of South Alabama. So maybe he's someone that can step in uh, and kind of fix some of the secondary issues in a few weeks or so. But uh, then you get Womack back eventually. Played nickel last year. They don't love him there. Played outside throughout training camp. He was okay. Wasn't great. So doesn't seem to be too much help on the way for San Francisco in that aspect. But Jalen Johnson staying put uh, in Chicago. But... As the, the Shaw Show once again says, uh, what are your thoughts of not being able to send the trade to the league in time for Adoree Jackson or Adore Jackson? Uh, I don't know if that was actually real. Um, I forget the guy's uh, name. I think it was like Jesse Weisenberg or something. Um, a a quote-unquote reporter for the Giants kind of had everyone duped as to seeing the trade. I saw it and said, are you serious? Like, was it the Giants' fault? Was it the Niners' fault? Like, someone got to figure this thing out. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, which, again, would have you know, fed into my theory of maybe San Francisco wanted to trade another another player on the team, uh, whether it's Jackson or Amber Thomas or whatever, to kind of fix the roster uh, pileup they had with 54 guys on the roster after the Chase Young trade. But I'm not sure that was actually true. <laughs> um, but... Uh, that being said, it does prove that whether it was Jalen Johnson and even Tim Kawakami said he assumed they wanted a cornerback to help the room. Um, San Francisco was involved, whether it was, was whether it was trying to get Jackson or Johnson, um, they were trying to find a cornerback to help this group. Um, this group is only three strong, and I can argue the three they have right now have not played up to potential, um, which again is why I get Chase Young which is why you're hoping a defensive backs coach in Steve Wilkes can help these guys refine it. Um, 
but the hope is there. The hope is that they can figure this thing out, but let's say the Adelaide Jackson trade failure to get it to the NFL on time is true. Um, what a freaking disaster that was. Whether it's the Giants issue, or whether it's the Niners issue, uh, have a little uh, quickness here. Have a little uh, urgency. Uh, I, think Kyle, or I think John Lynch says that when it was Nick Bosa's contract, we had to balance urgency and patience. If that's the case and they missed on this deal because someone didn't get it on time, let's show a little urgency here, folks. The patience is done. We're halfway through the season. Your secondary sucks. Your defensive line can't get pressures. And if you're going to acquire a cornerback that can actually help you in Adderley Jackson, um, and you blew it, well, shame on you. Now, again, I don't think it was true, because that guy's account is very much, it seems like a parody account all the way around, but if it is indeed true, um, my goodness, what a failure. But I will say this, uh, the one trade San Francisco did make should help them on every single level uh, outside of tackling. It's going to help them when it comes to getting to the quarterback, it's going to help them in run defense, it's going to help them in coverage, fingers crossed, uh, but again, this, the Niners shouldn't have had to make a move here, uh, especially on the defensive line. They should have already had this thing figured out. And uh, Randy here says in the chat, can't throw money at all your problems with the most talented roster just two weeks ago. And you're right. That goes into my point that this team should not have had to make a move. The fact there was a need to make a move after already making a move a, a month ago for Gregory, that's scary. It feels like this team was kind of at a point of panic of like, what is going on? <laughs> like, how are we playing this bad <laughs> against the Browns who didn't have Chubb and didn't have Watson or Betonio? Against the Vikings who didn't have Jefferson? Against the Bengals who off a of bye, okay, you can lose that game fine, but you got freaking rocked for 400 yards and 31 points. We shouldn't be this bad. Uh, you beat this same, almost near same Bengals team two years ago. Like, it feels like, like Brandy says again, it's a wild roller coaster of emotions. It's up and down, it's left and right, and you're like, I'm freaking sick, I want to throw up, right? Um, but the Chase Young move overall is to kind of resettle things back down, to almost re reestablish or reprove the notion to the team that, hey, we are bought in on you guys, we believe in you guys, um, that, you know, we think we can still run the gauntlet and go all the way. Who cares we're in second place in the NFC West? We can beat Seattle twice. Beat them three times last year. We can beat the Rams and the Cardinals. We can beat the Buccaneers and the Jaguars. These guys shouldn't hold the candle to us. And going out and acquiring the best defensive end on the market right now, this reestablishes that. It reaffirms their hope that this team can figure this thing out. It also tells Steve Wilkes, hey... Have some urgency here. Uh, your job's on the line. But also that, hey, we're trying to help you. <laughs> like, we're trying to get you the guys you need to fix the issues. And according to the Shaw Show here, uh, good old JL, John Lynch, going to talk to the reporters um, tomorrow per David Lombardi. First off, love David. Great guy. Met him plenty of times at camp. But John Lynch going to address what should be uh, a rather interesting press conference as to what it meant to get Chase Young in, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming someone's going to ask as to, was the Adderay Jackson news true, or were you actually in on Jalen Johnson? Um, I would assume John Lynch will be a little coy there uh, on some of those questions. But also, this team and John Lynch and Shanahan, who already has so, you kind of have to face the music of being 5-3 and three after eight games, after being 5-0 and oh and losing three in a row, I believe, for the first time since 2020. Um, you know, like this team has to answer some questions, um, look in the mirror, face the music, but I think right now, San Francisco in 2019 had a, like, like a, a four, a, a week four bye week didn't help them. They got tired, they broke down late, uh, they were 13-3, and three, mind you, not saying they were bad, but that season was a grueling one for that roster. Uh, this year, their best chance to get back to a Super Bowl uh, with the roster they have Smack dab in the middle of the year is the bye week. Perfect time to get right, get healthy, go on the road, 10 a.m. against Jacksonville, also off their bye week, mind you, and also get yourself a star edge rusher. 
Uh, you want to talk about the moment Nick Bosa and 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 Chase Young hug and clap? I want to feel the energy. It's like in Talladega Nights where she's like, I can feel the vibration of the cars. It's like that. I, I want to feel that because it's going to bring so much camaraderie and get this team going, right? Where I, I want to see Hargrave be worth the elite level contract he got for an interior defensive lineman. I want like, like I want to hear a cataclysmic John Lynch and Nick Bosa clap after they got the contract negotiations done and signed the deal. I want to feel that reverberate through the halls at Levi Stadium for this team to refine themselves and run the football again and have Purdy play great again and get Debo back and Trent back in the defense to start to hunt again. Um, it's hard to point to one thing as to why this team hasn't played well, but I will say this, that what's going to happen here is that we're going to find out what this team is made of. If, if this team is going to be a an elite team, if, if this team is going to be who they were supposed to be coming into this year, uh, it's going to be seen against Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. And if the defense can't get on track, hey, Steve Wilkes, uh, Stephen Curry doing the scream, and then the night-night, it'll be goodbye. This is the last-ditch effort to say, buy in or get out. Figure it out, or you're done. Warner, Greenlaw, Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, Gibson, Hufanga, Mooney Ward, Lenore, Oliver. We have now given you another elite piece next to you. If you can't figure it out, come on, my friends. Um, maybe you're just not good enough. My hope, my belief is that this team is good enough. They have shown to be too freaking good for the past three or four years to have an off year like this, to be bad for three weeks in a row. Uh, Fred Warner questioned this team's toughness. Uh, you never want to see that. Now we're going to find out just how tough the San Francisco 49ers are with basically a week and a half off due to the bye week and now getting Chase Young in the fold, who Chase Young, don't forget, has played extremely well for Commanders teams who have faced the Eagles twice this year and basically took them down to the wire both times. Um, don't forget that. <laughs> like Chase Young has been in those rooms. He may know how to help stop a Jalen Hurts or others and get uh, get past the Eagles' offensive line. Um, now, the Commanders' defense isn't great, mind you, but uh, that defense did just enough against Philadelphia both times to give, to give the offense a chance to win, and the offense fell short. San Francisco has the offense to overcome their defense not playing great, again, if they can refine themselves. Uh, I, I do believe the Chase Young move, well, even if it's a one-year rental, it's an all-in, push the chips in, we have no idea who's going to be here next year. This move could also, and look, if Chase Young plays well, uh, and let's say they want to re-sign him and they can re-sign him, you're saying goodbye to Gregory, goodbye to Clellan Farrell. Uh, you're also maybe even saying goodbye to Brandon Ayuk. This team loves to build from the trenches outwards. They are going to, I would assume, if Chase Young plays great, they're going to value his efforts more than Brandon Ayuk's in a weird way. Um... They have their first-round pick again. I truly believe that San Francisco doesn't value receivers that much. They re-sign Devo. They want to re-sign Ayuk. I have no doubt about that. But if Chase Young plays that well and he sparks this defense, I have no doubt they're going to want to bring him back, which uh, this team could say goodbye to somebody else we've loved for a long time here, whether it's Armstead. Jennings is probably already gone uh, and maybe the big one being Brandon Ayuk because this team is not going to want to say goodbye if Chase Young plays so freaking good like he has the entirety of the year again San Francisco acquires Chase Young for a third round pick just a third round pick marking their second in-season trade the most they've had since Lynch and Shanahan took over uh, they have no financial nor contractual obligations to him next year and if he leaves in free agency they get a third round pick in 2025 um look uh this is a great trade for san francisco they, they like to pluck the commander stars and hope they work out for them uh, i love this move was it the biggest need maybe not 
but sometimes it's just the workaround where when some teams zig, the Niners zag, they said, you know what, we're going to triple down on our defense, Hargrave, Gregory, now Chase Young, um, and we're praying and hoping that it's worth uh, the buck of only five hundred or $561,000 this year. So a relatively free move to acquire Chase Young. Um, the draft picks are really irrelevant. It's only money. And they're only paying $1.3 million or $1.2 million uh, for Gregory and Chase Young this year and hoping that this defense can figure themselves out because, my goodness, uh, if they can, uh, this is going to be a very scary, spooky, Halloween, frightful, frightening defense to play. Uh, just imagine being, just on paper, mind you, because the defense hasn't played great, but just on paper... Imagine being Trevor Lawrence saying, I have to play Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead. Uh, ooh, like now Chase Young. Oh my God. And Warner is still there and Greenlaw is still there and they're healthy off the bye week. My goodness. Like we are going to terrorize Baker Mayfield. Nick Bosa already hates Baker Mayfield. You give him Chase Young who already hates him. My goodness. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, then Geno Smith twice. And like, you're basically sending a message to the NFL saying, we may have lost three games in a row. We ain't done yet. We are Andy Mineo. We ain't done, right? Uh, Sberry55 says, and you're right, you're right. This still doesn't address the offensive issues we're having. You're right. Uh, Sberry, I already said earlier in the show that this team didn't acquire an offensive lineman. They didn't improve uh, areas they needed to. Uh, I truly believe that they think that once they get Trent Williams back, hopefully, and Debo Samuel back, everything's hunky-dory and they're good. Um... I do think Debo Samuel has been missed a ton when it comes to underneath routes, end arounds, opening up the offense. Uh, Brandon Ayuk then gets to fall back to receiver number two. Uh, Kittle gets to do his thing. And if you can get Williams back and hopefully the run offense can figure itself out and they can reestablish their dominance up front and start shoving guys around on, on the defense, um, the offense will open up. Um, I don't doubt a Kyle Shanahan offense off the bye week's going to play poorly. Um, Shanahan's too smart to not figure this thing out. My worries are more so on the defense. Um, but again, you're right, Esberry. You're very right um, that once you get Debo back, I, I do think that the offensive issues are going to kind of, I don't want to say go away, but they are going to kind of go to the background once more. Um, Randy Daytona says, Need a real deal returner. Uh, McLeod's pretty good if you ask me. But don't forget this either. That this offense still doesn't have Danny Gray off IR. Now, Danny Gray, how big of a factor is he is? Who knows? We have no idea. But uh, I would like to think that once he's healthy again, you get this team some speed. Maybe he gets some routes here or there and he picks things up and you're adding more elements to the offense. Is it a big name? No. Has he contributed much? No. But the thing is, he's so unproven, we have no idea what he can do outside of what he showed at uh, SMU two years ago, right? Um, but he was pretty good in training camp. I liked what I saw, and he adds more speed to the offense. And of course, again, it's about sliding guys down. Ayuk right now is receiver number one. He's not that level. I like him a lot. He's really, he's one of the best route runners in football, but he's just not there. Um, he disappeared against the Vikings. He was basically a non-factor for the Bengals or against the Bengals dropping um, um, a, a pass off his helmet, <laughs> right? Um, and against the Browns, he dropped about two or three balls. That changed the game. Um, I like Ayuk. He's a receiver number two, probably the best in football next to T. Higgins in Cincinnati and, and Devontae Smith. Uh, but um, you get Debo back, it slides him back down, it slides Jawan back to receiver number three, puts McLeod at four, then you get Gray back, and then Bell's in there. Like This team still has weaponry um, that they can utilize. Uh, we saw against the Giants where they had everybody at, at their disposal. Bell was making a handful of plays, got, I think got his first touchdown in that game. Debo was making plays, Ayuk was making plays, Kittle was making plays. Um, this offense has a lot more to offer than what they've shown the past couple weeks, but uh, I get it. This this offense didn't address the issues they had, 
But I think they're banking on getting their big stars back in Debo and Trent to help fix the issues and banking on a McCaffrey being able to average five yards a carry again, which he was earlier this year. Um, and Shanahan's too smart to, to just let that slide of have it be this bad. Um, it just feels like that San Francisco needed the reset. Uh, it's weird, but this is the best case scenario for them. Now, again, you want to go out and get a corner and get an offensive lineman. I get all that stuff. But at San Francisco, if, if the asking price was too high for certain players, um, like a Jalen Johnson or an Adelaide Jackson, uh, San Francisco may have said we can't do that, but the best we can do is going out and getting the best edge rusher out there in Chase Young, who, again, if he's healthy, if he continues to play well, and, and look, let's be honest here, he's already having a career year. You're getting with Chris Kosarek? Oh, my God. <laughs> like... He should be even better, especially if Steve Wilkes can figure stuff out. But even if he can't, uh, you get Chris Kosarek eight weeks of Chase Young. Uh, we're going to have some fun. Um, that wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it did. Anyways, um, that's all I got for you today. I like this move for San Francisco. It's not the, the answer we wanted, but it's the answer we're going to get. I think it's a good move for San Francisco. It fixes some of the issues and hopefully can have a ripple effect into others on the team. Off this week, no game. Then Jacksonville in two Sundays, 10 a.m. in Florida. Nick Bosa comes back home. Uh, I truly believe that the San Francisco 49ers are going to refine themselves. I believe in them. I hope you too as well. And one final question here. S. Barry asks the chat, does this mean I believe you mean Drake Jackson? They're going to move off of Drake Jackson permanently. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that. Now, again, to remind you, Chase Young's deal is only for this year alone. Gregory has no guaranteed money after this year. They can move off both of those guys for almost no harm, no foul. Drake Jackson's under contract still. You can figure this thing out with him, but so far been a non-factor to three seasons, or to, through two seasons, excuse me. Last year, rookie deal, Body fell apart. This year has not been the player. There's a reason they went out and got Gregory and Chase Young. Jackson wasn't doing his job. He's had the least amount of snaps on the defense when it came to the defensive line last week, only 10 against the Bengals. <clears throat> I just feel like he's fallen so far out of favor. Uh, he might be a failed second-round pick for them, and it sucks knowing how bendy and explosive he is. Three sacks against the Steelers. Nothing else after that. But again, Chase Young here might not even have to say Drake Jackson's name ever again. I, I, I certainly hope I do, but may never have to say it again. Um, I do think this is a great move for San Francisco. Getting Chase Young for a third round pick, only paying $561,000. And if he leaves, you get that pick right back in two years. It's a great deal. A win-win for San Francisco. A kind of a lose for the Commanders, but I digress. Uh, we're not them. Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, but good move for San Francisco. No game this week. Jacksonville, 10 a.m. in Florida. Nick Bosa goes back home. Gets some home cooking with Cheryl and John Bosa's parents. And hopefully this defense can refine itself and get back on track. And hopefully we get Debo and Trent back uh, and they can get healthy again and we can go on this run to end the year and fight back and get back to the number one seed. Hopefully knock off Seattle, Philadelphia, and Seattle once again in a three-week span. Wouldn't that be freaking awesome? That's all I got for you today. Hope you liked the show. Hope you liked and can celebrate your Halloween. Happy Halloween. Chase Young, the Predator, is now in San Francisco. Um, should be a great time for us in the Bay. Certainly is at least a great day for us in San Francisco and the Bay Area. And I'm hoping that he can bring a spark to this entire team. Uh, that's all I got for you. Please like, share, and subscribe. Leave a review on YouTube and on the audio version of the podcast on Spotify, Apple. It's the free and easy way to help the show. Um, again, like, share, and subscribe. Leave that review. Uh, if you want to go to any games coming up, um, SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off uh, your first purchase using our promo code 49ersaccess. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter 49ers.access is the Instagram. Once again, like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett, 
This has been the Forward in the Nexus podcast. Happy Halloween and stay faithful.